Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. God can do more in a moment than we can a lifetime. In fact, I think it's very good for us to remind ourselves that the work of God is not hard. No, the work of God is very often instantaneous because there's no limit to the power of our God. The challenge is us getting ready to let God do what God wants to do. We've come today to Acts chapter 17. We're on the move with Paul and the missionary team. The Bible says in verse 1, Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica. You know that name? There are two books in your New Testament uh, written to the church at Thessalonica. In fact, the church at Thessalonica would become known as the model church. They're fascinating letters. And in so many ways, it seems that what God did there in Thessalonica became a pattern that other churches could follow. But it might interest you to know that everything that was set in motion in Thessalonica happened while Paul was there for about three weeks. That's right, three weeks. You see, we have this idea that if, if we can have a long period of time somewhere, maybe we can get something done. I say again, God can do more in a moment than you can a lifetime. Three weeks in Thessalonica set in motion everything God wanted to do in that city. The Bible says there was a synagogue of the Jews, and Paul, as his manner was, went in unto them, and three Sabbath days reasoned with them out of the Scriptures opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. And some of them believed, and consorted with Paul and Silas, and of the devout Greeks a great multitude, and of the chief women not a few. But the Jews which believed not, moved with envy, took unto them certain lewd fellows of the baser sort, and gathered a company, and set all the city on an uproar, and assaulted the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also, whom Jason hath received, and these all do contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying that there is another king, one Jesus. And they troubled the people and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. And when they had taken security of Jason and of the other, they let them go. At a glance, it would not seem that great things are happening in Thessalonica. I'll just remind you, God is working behind the scenes. God is working where you can't see, beneath the surface, and even above difficulties. God is building his church. Christ is still building his church. Uh, there was a group of Jewish people there in Thessalonica that didn't want the gospel. They didn't want others to have the gospel. In fact, in the next passage that we'll come to in our study, uh, a group of them even followed them to the next city trying to keep them from preaching the gospel there. But I just want to remind you that the gates of hell will not prevail against Christ's church. And when God is at work in this world, Satan himself cannot stop it. Their criticism, I think, is one of the great compliments. They refer to these gospel witnesses as people who turn the world upside down. Would you like to turn the world upside down, my friend? 
I think in some ways the world is upside down right now. Uh, and when it gets the gospel, it gets turned right side up because the Lord makes things right that are wrong. He sets in order things that are sorely lacking and out of place. That's what truth does. How do you turn the world upside down? Uh, let me just give you two or three simple thoughts, and they all come from Paul's example because the Bible says in verse 2 that this was his manner, this was his method, this was his way. I say if it was good enough for Paul, it's good enough for us. Now, what does he do? Well, first of all, he goes where the people are. He gets out of himself, out of his comfort zone, and he goes where the people are, where they're assembled. That's what we have to do. We've got to get out of ourselves and out of our discussions with ourselves and get out where the lost people are. Isn't that what Jesus did? Our Savior came to us. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Literally, he pitched his tent next door to us. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He says, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. I think we've got to get out of ourselves, out of our church buildings, and out of our routines and schedules and get out where the people are. You want to turn the world upside down? You won't do that waiting on them to come to you. The Great Commission never said, build a building, open the church doors, and let all the lucky sinners find you. No, we must go where they are. And then, if you want to turn the world upside down, not only must you go where the people are, uh, but you must preach Christ to them. The Bible says uh, that he reasoned with them out of the Scriptures. This is very important. Don't tell them what you think. Tell them what God says. Use the Word. There's power in the Word because the Word shows us Christ. It says, opening and alleging that Christ must needs have suffered and risen again from the dead, and that this Jesus, whom I preach unto you, is Christ. Give them Christ. Don't talk about many things. Talk about one thing. I think we've been so distracted. So many things going on in our world, so many discussions about so many issues, and we have missed the main thing. We've allowed the devil to take our eyes off the ball. We've We've allowed the, the enemy to get our eyes off the main thing. What is that? It is the glorious gospel message of Jesus Christ. And so you want to turn the world upside down? Remember recently we talked about gospel power? Just start giving the gospel. And when you start giving the gospel, you will see God at work. Uh, yes, the devil will fight, but you will see God at work. And then there's a third thing we must do if we're going to turn the world upside down because the Bible says in verse 4, some of them believed. That's very important. Not all, but some of them believed, and they consorted with Paul and Silas. What does that mean? It means they began meeting with them. They began studying the Word with them. They began spending time with them. And so what does Paul do? It's so simple. He goes where the people are. He preaches the gospel, and then he begins discipling the new believers, teaching them the truth so they can go on in their faith so they can go on with God. And I would argue, so they will go on with God when Paul has to go on. Because very shortly, Paul's leaving them. A friend, I think one thing we must do, remember the Great Commission does not stop with go teach. It's go teach, baptize, and teach again. Uh, the, the full mission that Christ has given us is to go where the people are, to give them the glorious gospel message, and then take those that do believe. It may just be a few. It may just be some to use the word of Acts 17, verse number 4. Uh, the Bible says some of them were devout Greeks, uh, a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and then uh, several of the chief women of the place. Uh, you don't know who God will save. You don't know whose heart the Lord will open. But whoever that is, take them and begin to invest in them. 
Begin to instruct them in the way of the Lord more perfectly. Begin to teach them what you have been taught and establish true followers of Jesus Christ. The goal is not decisions. The goal is disciples. Our mission is not simply to get the gospel out. It is to get the gospel out and then seek to bring those people in to an understanding of the word of God and what Jesus Christ is doing through his church in this world. And friend, that's the beginning of the church in the city of Thessalonica. Uh, That is the foundation that was laid for what is now referred to as the model church. And I want to say to you, that can be done anywhere. We can turn the world upside down if we'll go where the lost people are, tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ, and then begin to teach the new believers. Someone says, oh, but that's so simple. I don't know if that will work today. Friend, God's way always works. This is not some human a scheme or strategy. This is the divine command. And when we obey it, the Lord does in hearts and homes and cities what only he can do. May God help us to awaken wherever we are in our Thessalonica and begin to do it God's way. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment. And we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists, to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.